0: Secret Friends Unite!
1: Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast. This is your guide to the geek side. This is episode 315. Um, I'm Todd Oxtra, joined by Charlie Carden. What's going
0: on? Sunday uh, at the end of uh, at the end of my birth month, it was my birthday. uh, This was it. Was that this one? I don't even know. I think it was my birthday last week, but I'm yes, I know I'm I'm 45 now. I'm halfway through my 40s. Todd, you know, being that you're 55 and you're halfway through your 50s. How does that feel? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs)
1: And unfortunately, we have to start this episode on a sad note. Um, we've talked about our friend Bobby Paul's battling COVID for over four months. We re- just a couple of days ago got a note that he had been transferred to another hospital um, as he uh, had a slow recovery ahead of him um, to get basically get back to health. And unfortunately, I was notified uh, by Mark, actually, um, through our friend Sean Capri, who's is very close with Bobby, uh, best of friends. They could be brothers from another mother. And and Mark told me that Bobby had passed. Um, yeah. Oh my goodness.
0: Just um, wow. You know, in a time when you know we have COVID vaccine available, uh, and you know we we all really want to believe that that we're turning the corner. It's it's foolish to think that that's the case. COVID is still so very devastating and it's so important for people to continue to be safe. And, and Bobby was a great guy. He was uh, on the show with us many, many times. Uh, we had a lot of fun. He and I, you know, kind of going, going back and forth about DC and Marvel stuff. Cause he was, the uh, he was to, to DC uh, cinematically kind of what I am to Marvel, just the, the unapologetic fanboy making, you know, every, uh, every stab possible to, uh, to prop up something that maybe wasn't the greatest, though, of course, with Marvel, it never happened, because uh, everything was great, and we're not thinking about the Inhumans. But, uh, yeah, Bobby was last on with us, my God, was it in 2018 when we were talking about Aquaman?
1: No, it was Joker. That was, was the uh, we, we did that, and that was really – we obviously, we thought we'd have him on for, right. for future shows. Um, Bobby and I go way back. Um, that's how – He came on the show and really we got to know each other before this podcast came to be uh, through Nintendo, through a Facebook group, just um, our love of video games. And at times we would argue about some things, but we always came back to our love of just something we were passionate about. And that's when I told Charlie, hey, it would be great to have Bobby on. He's a big DC fan. We're going to talk about this and just became he came on the show first as I would do my little side video game. Uh, podcast before co-op mode, and and I, I said, hey Charlie, I I think you might enjoy uh having a you know a good discussion with Bobby because Bobby, um regardless of how he felt at DC, he said uh, he just enjoyed things. He talked about how he discovered Batman uh, because of his dad, and also discovered Star Trek because of his dad, just like many mm-hmm. people did. I right. just have those memories. So yeah, so uh this is this is really hurts my heart. I'm a little numb from it to to be honest, and um. This come out Friday, so we'll obviously know more about how they're going to memorialize Bobby. But from our side, um, we've got some old episodes that I'm probably going to roll out. I even found one video episode of the Wonder Woman spoiler cast that I'm going to re- uh, basically prop that back up and share broadly because I just want people to see Bobby and hear his voice. And that's the best thing you can do with people is, is the ones you love and care for the most. Keep them alive by um, remembering the things that they did and made them special to you. So, Bobby... Uh, rest in power, my friend. Um, you know the world was better because you were here, and you you brought a lot of people together, so thank you. yes,
0: indeed yes, indeed. yes. Rest in power, my friend, please. We will It was Dr. Leonard McCoy, who said they're really not dead as long as we remember them.
1: So keep him in your heart. And please stay through the end of the podcast because we'll be featuring Bobby's first appearance on Secret Friends, where he gave us his background on how he became the geek guru and later the Nintendo Guru, uh, specifically through his love of Batman and that relationship he had with Batman with his father. Thanks, Guru. and Rest in power. Well, uh, we... W- want to bring you back up in good spirits and one of the best ways we can do is reminisce about a horrible or fun comic book cover and that is comic book uh <laughs> uh classic cover in a way that was kind of cringeworthy because we don't know what's going to happen that's captain america 315 featuring the serpent society and uh, this is i believe <laughs> is that black mamba that is god let me let me kind of Cottonmouth. Mouth. Uh, Cottonmouth,
0: uh, we have to the left that is Diamondback, who's later Cap's girlfriend for a long time. Mm. Uh, that is, um, I think, I think it is Black Adder at the right and in the back, that's the, not the Constrictor. Oh man, I'm getting all, I'm getting all mixed up. I've read this run a lot of times because this is Mark Gruenwald, which is kind of one of my favorite classics in Cap from the, the late 1980s. He had a great run, um. and and produce some of the most memorable stuff that I've ever read. So, but yeah, this was really in the thick of it when, but you know, he managed to take kind of a silly group uh, of, you know, all, you know, snake themed uh, characters and, uh, you know, turn them into a criminal syndicate that had a, had a driving storyline behind it. That was actually pretty cool. And it did, as you and I were talking about in the, in the B-roll wrap itself into the whole scourge of the underworld uh, setting uh, that, 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 um, that was that was very memorable right around that time and and, and wound its way through Marvel Comics through Spider Man and Power Man and Iron Fist and even Secret Wars too the beloved Secret Wars too, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no that was um it, that was quite a run but yes at the outset
1: looks very silly uh oh it was the Rattler Charlie.
0: The Rattler, yeah. Like I said, I I know I've I've read the run, and I I even have one or two of those trades on digital that I've read, uh, because it, that was really you know kind of my introductory period when I was really getting
1: rolling with with all comics it was really in the in the late '80s. So, good
0: memories.
1: Yeah, very goofy. I just it always seemed weird at larger than life considering where Cap typically played, which was you know uh war criminals uh, you know different spies and everything and then you've got this goofy looking group of <laughs> snake inspired creatures with like the serpent king or whatever with the helmet of uh, you know the helmet or whatever that can control people so the helmet
0: weird. oh yeah the, uh, the ringmaster the the guy with the hat
1: he had a great Can, hat. Yeah, but this whole group, well, they're just an odd group. But uh, you know, they had chap uh chap. They had cap and chains and he, sure he apparently cap. thought he had them. Uh, he basically could take them on even though he was in chains. So, Cap, hope you survived. Oh, it was his book. He always managed to pull it out somehow. You know that. Yes, yes. Well, that is it for the intro. But Charlie, it's time for us to check in with our gal pal, our senior news So, Without further delay, Madam Web, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Web's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Web. Well, Madam Web, I believe you tried to audition for the Serpent Society, but unfortunately <laughs> you shed your skin and they were appalled. Mm, yeah, that's not a good trick. What do they call
0: that? The, uh, the, 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 the I would say Black Widow. No, no, was she oh, the first Black so much- Widow?
1: No, no, no. Uh, you know, there's probably a snake, snake, uh, female snake that could be out there, but yeah, yeah. She she loofed and all her skin came off. And ah,
0: um, oh, uh, nobody wants that. Oh my god. All right, let's jump right on into it. Uh, this Thursday, March 4th. So yesterday, if you're listening to this on March 5th, uh, we are getting uh, the conversion of CBS All Access, which to me just makes me think of old people uh, into the. Bright and shiny Paramount Plus. We've been talking about this uh, here on this show, and of course over on Code Forty Seven because it's so impactful of Star Trek being that Star Trek is a CBS Viacom property. Um, But they are going to be rolling out just a laundry list of new properties Uh, and uh, new and existing properties. Uh, Most importantly for me, anyway, Paramount Plus will be the exclusive global home of every single solitary hour of Star Trek. On television. Pretty sure they're going to have all the movies as well, but that's certainly less significant than being the only place where you can watch the 1973
1: Star Trek The Animated Series. Mm. Um, but yeah, we've Which got... Charlie has only seen 85 times because I, even he, he can't that's, watch it in 86.
0: That's, that's the one that I've been like I think because April and I were being like, I want to see all the Star Trek because you hadn't seen them. And it's like we were grinding through and that was the last one we were like. Uh. And then Alex and I are going to because we're going in sequence. We're doing half seasons at a time of because we want to touch every episode. But that one I was like. We're going to have to grind through it, man, but I think it's a little further down the road just based on the schedule. But anyway, they are going to be rolling out kind of the following, an, an untitled Avatar spinoff. Todd, I know I, when they say Avatar, is that the
1: Airbender, not the Horrible? It is the Airbender, and the good okay. news is uh, that is actually going to be bringing back the creators of the show. There was supposed to be an Airbender Avatar movie, and they were not involved, so hopefully this Ooh. means that stuff is dead, and because – that was a Viacom Netflix thing, so hopefully mm-hmm. that means everything's coming back. But it sounds like they're really going to really focus on Avatar as being a big par- part of this uh, animated universe. So that's very cool. Uh,
0: and look at that. Just to, just to kind of blast it real quickly, Behind the Music, which is a classic MPV. Absolutely. Loved series. it. I dug it. Criminal Minds, a reboot of the classic procedural. Not really my cup of tea, but you can see how people would love it. Dating Naked from VH1. <laughs> canceled in 2017. Why they're bringing it back now? I was going to say yeah. so
1: popular. We're bringing it back. <laughs> right. You exactly. Know, it can only be canceled. Charlie You can't kill it. You can only cancel. It. Right. It's still exactly. live. Yeah. And it's
0: still live. Uh, Dora the Explorer live action series. Uh, you know,
1: that movie was kind of fun. So I kind of. Yeah, I never that. watched that. It could be fun. I'm assuming the movie will yeah. actually be on the service, too.
0: I wouldn't be surprising. Uh, A uh, television version of Fatal Attraction. What? Uh, The the 1987 Glenn Close and Michael Douglas film. uh, Brought in the 21st century, told through the lens of modern attitudes when it comes to strong women, personality disorders, victim shaming, and coercive control fascinating flash Ooh, dance it's a fine line to go across i hear it yeah i know you're, you're 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 really playing with fire no pun intended yeah. uh, fl- uh, uh flash dance the the movie from 1984 getting flash a, dance god getting god. a treatment for tv just a steel town girl on a saturday night however this is a young black woman with ballet dreams uh in a strip club so perhaps what? a little further away <laughs> from the source material um, uh, but, you know, that. what they're making a go of it. And then probably one of the more notable things, a remake of the uh, cherished 1990s series, Frasier, with as much of the original
1: cast, that's still alive. Um, from Cradle to Stage, six-part docu-series. Hey, let's, let's start cutting some of these out that we don't care about.
0: All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Go to Grease. Yes. yes, Greece. Rise of the Pink Ladies. Todd, you dropped this yesterday. Uh, this would be a backstory on how Sandy Rizzo, Jan, Marty, and Frenchie came together together. No. Uh, moving
1: that's, on. <laughs> Todd, a uh, TV version of Halo. I know that that's kind of up here. Yeah. And this is a common trend we're seeing here, where basically a lot of these things were on CBS sister networks. This was supposed to be on Showtime. They're bringing it into uh, Paramount Plus, which means more eyes on us because I don't know really who subscribes to Showtime honestly but 26 uh it's basically it's going to be an adaptation which is going to be cool and uh, this thing has been uh on out there hoping to be made so that's pretty impressive and hopefully they're going to put a lot of money because microsoft owns this and partnering up with uh paramount this could be a big deal um and you know and, and i don't know charlie we're reading a lot of, through a lot of these um star trek has been part of cbs all access and it still hasn't brought in It it hasn't had that killer show beyond, I'd say, the core Star Trek fans. They truly need something that's a little bit more like the Game of Thrones or something that brings everybody's eyes. So it's interesting which one of those, these things will be that thing. Halo could be that bringing like the video game on us, but I don't know. Right. I mean, they are not interested right. in Halo. So it's not you obviously. So, right. Hey, you know,
0: right. You know, and they've got a certain, at least they're, they're, they're bouncing around trying to do some different stuff. The Italian yep. job, fairly odd parents, man who fell to earth, the remakes, which is class bringing the back.
1: Schumer, which was uh, a
0: series on um, comedy central. I enjoy Weekly Show with Trevor Noah, yeah. reviving MTV's Unplugged, which that I know we, really we, we, we yeah. love that, certainly when we were teens. Uh, yeah, and your MTV Raps, which is something. And Younger, which is a show that uh, my wife has watched that's uh, ended up over on Netflix, but my wife likes stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say if you were to boil this down to an essence, there is a, a variety of stuff, which, as you had mentioned, they need something. To, you know, it's, it's a lot of throwing spaghetti to the wall and seeing what sticks. Uh, with any of this kind of stuff uh, to see if they can get off the ground. But again, the Star Trek people uh, will always uh, will, they'll always bring it home. But still, you're right. If they really want to explode out and have it be like Disney or HBO or whatever it is, there has to be that one synergizing kind of deal. So we
1: shall see. Yeah, and one of the other cool parts about this, Charlie, is I don't know if you it wasn't part of this, but um, story is the fact that they have a deal where uh, Paramount Movies – Will essentially be coming to this service 45 days after release, and that could be reduced depending on how successful, how big the films are. But miss, next right. Mission Impossible movie, 45 days after it's released in the theater, it will be on the service, and we'll true, see more and true. more of those things happen. And the funny part that was interesting, once again, I said, you know, some of the things were brought from other services, like uh, they brought in Prodigy from Net- Nickelodeon. It's on the service now, but. Right. Um it's interesting when I saw one show that was included or movie that was included that I'm like I had to think I'm like, hmm, there's gonna be MCU movies in this because Paramount had the distribution rights for Avengers, right, Iron right. Man, was it Iron Man? Yep. And, yeah. and, and Captain America, the first Avenger. But the right. other one that really tweaks my interest was Indiana Jones, the first oh, wow. all of the movies wow. sell the Disney deal. They aren't on Disney Plus. Why are they really not? You see, I, I don't know. So Disney they... doesn't own the distribution rate, so They can't show those on Disney plus, but the new movie will obviously, because they own right. that content going forward. So I'm curious what will happen with that because are they that passionate? I mean, they did deals with, you know, Spider-Man and, uh, and Sony. Will they toss them a few bucks and say, Hey, we want to show those on, Indi- you know, on Disney plus. Cause that makes more sense, but who knows?
0: I don't know. It's a good. It's a good question. So anyway, well, yes. Owns, by the young time... Indiana
1: Jones Chronicles.
0: Oh boy, yo! <laughs> you know th- there were some interesting bits to that. To that, so I would, I would certainly love to find a place that I could watch. I don't watch think it ever watched like an there. episode. No, it it was a mixed bag, like any show. Not everything was great, but they did. It was kind of one of those historical bits where he's like, I met the Matahari and I did this and I did that. So, uh, if it comes up, you should check it out. But anyway, uh, that will be uh, by the time you listen to this, that will be available. If you have not tried it out, there is always the opportunity to trial it.
1: Uh, Just Google Just go to their website and you'll have an opportunity to give it a trial. So give it a ride. Yeah. And if you already own CBS All Access, it converts. So you have it automatically. It's not an extra service. It's just more good things coming to CBS All Access. It'll replace that. I believe it's going to be on all devices. I don't think you have to worry about that. Like, oh, it's not on Roku. Cause that would right. suck. Um, and I right. think, uh, there are deals right now. I think I signed up for the deal, Charlie, cause you know, I can't always assume that you'll have it. Uh, but I signed up for the one year, $30 plan that has ads, but they also oh, have nice. a year, year service without ads for 50, 50 bucks. So that's a pretty good deal for 60. Bad, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Give there you it go.
0: a ride. And again, as we always say, you know, supporting content creators and, and things of this nature is what's gonna get new content continuing to be made, not the age old I'll just use somebody else's login. You gotta you gotta pay the piper.
1: Yes. Yes. That's how it always works, Charlie. Yes. yes you've never borrowed a password.
0: <laughs> I don't know, and neither and have you. But, you know, uh,
1: exactly. Exactly. We,
0: we, yes. we, we put it. We put a spiritual limit on that, a spiritual somebody. Always, somebody always pays and somebody, uh, somebody, somebody has to pay. Quite absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yes, uh, but we got more announcements, and this is something we've been waiting for. I think we saw a picture of the show, and that is Modoc. This is coming to Hulu in May. We got a trailer, and I enjoy this very much. This is like a weird stop-motion uh, robot chicken-style animation, and Patton Oswalt is the lead. Lots of good um My actors. guy, my guy! Yeah, mm. lots, lots of good actors in this, and because it is more adult, we see limbs severed um this is going to hulu not disney plus and which is mm-hmm. their which is going to be their tactic when it comes to already content although i don't know if you've heard about this overseas charlie there's hulu there's disney plus star because hulu okay. doesn't exist yep. yep. so they've rolled disney plus star into one service so now they're getting hulu content under the star banner and there basically is a um passcode you put in to watch adult content so now there's adult oh, wow. content on that overseas i could see that happen on disney plus but with hulu i don't i don't know if we'll foresee hulu getting rolled into disney plus maybe in the near future or long future but at this point (laughs) long future yeah long future yes but at this point that's how you're gonna watch it on hulu um it looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun um i'm i'm curious um it's may 21st uh there'll be 10 episodes and it's just gonna be more wacky than it is serious um and and it looks just fun. I, I, I would be curious if the the um the robot chicken guys are involved in this.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. So, no, that's good. And, you know, uh, good for Marvel for trying to separate, you know, the, the chocolate from the peanut butter uh, and to not run, run the risk of of iffying up their brand by putting something on Disney Plus that might not be appropriate. Uh, they're very they're very good at what they do, which is why they do what they do and have their buck. So, yeah, this should be fun. Um, but segueing over to Disney Plus, what have what did we find out from them in the past week?
1: Yeah, so they are rolling out more release dates, which they kind of had to do because um, the last big show we had announced that had a, a, a date was uh, Cap and the Winter Soldier. So now they've uh, released more details on what is coming soon. So we've got obviously Cap and the, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, March 19th. That's going to roll out for six episodes. So basically, that will take us into oh uh, June, essentially. Uh, then nice. we've got uh mighty ducks game changers coming uh which you know based on the movie series now it's a tv series uh big shot sports show on disney plus don't watch that then on may the fourth be with you star wars bad batch uh i'm looking to see how many episodes it will be my guess is probably 10 to 12 but i could be wrong pretty standard stuff yeah i would think so Yep. Uh, the May 14th High School Musical, the musical, the series, <laughs> season two. It reminds me,
0: reminds me of the classic uh, podcast by the Weekly Planet. We got this covered. Cover- we got this. We got this covered, covered. Well, it was you like King
1: Kong, the movie, the video game. Or right. like the Lego Movie, the game, the movie game. The, the Lego Movie, the game part two. Mm. Yes. So there you go. We, I love good titles. They, you know, they're taking hard after like J- Japan for their video games have the craziest titles. And so there you go. We got to embrace the insanity too. Um, then June eleventh, Loki. So basically, I think we might get one week gap, or right butting mm. right up against, you know. Uh, Talking the Warrior Soldier to Loki, which is kind of cool. I'm glad I, I wasn't sure if they would have a gap or not, but it doesn't seem like if we're getting a gap, it's very long. But that's gonna be cool. Uh, we do not have an episode count there yet, but obviously this is gonna be a lot of fun. We've seen the trailer, um, and I'm assuming we'll get more trailers and uh, sneak previews uh, as that as we get closer to that. Uh, then June 11th, Zenimation Season Two, which apparently is just it's almost like background noise to relax you. With Disney uh, music, I don't. Know. The, I don't the background, the, the background noise channel. Absolutely, then, then June twenty fifth, the mysterious Benedict Society. Um, oh, Tony Hale from uh, Arrested Development, Veep, you know, our, our very uh, oh yes, friend is going to be in the main role of the show, and it's basically it's about a group of orphans must foil a nefarious plot with global ramifications. Uh, this sounds like it's almost like a series of unfortunate events type of goofiness with fun. Right. So I, I think Tony Hale will be perfect in that role. It'll be fun to see how he does that. Uh, then July 2nd, Monsters at Work. This is the um, uh, Monsters, Inc., uh, Monsters University. Uh, this is going to be the first Pixar TV series, and it will have the, uh, the voice talent coming back for this, which is Billy Crystal and John Goodman, of course. And it's all about how they got jobs at Monster, Inc., which is kind of cool. Um, so not sure how many episodes that will be either. Then This one makes me laugh. July 16th, Turner and Hooch. Um, Josh Peck, who was in, like, a Nickelodeon show, then did some serious movies. But he's basically taking on the role that Tom Hanks made famous in the 1989 film. And you'll like this, Charlie. Um, One of your favorites, McG is executive producer and directed this premiere. But guess what? Uh, Robert Duncan McNeil. Mm-hmm is going to be an executive producer tom paris yeah that is it's interesting he and garrett
0: uh wong who is ensign kim have been since last summer maybe further back uh doing they do a podcast where the two of them uh break down every single episode of voyager but in a a somewhat satirical fashion that's competition for you charlie they're like not really, because uh, we <laughs> we we certainly don't get that deep, and nor oh. were we on the show. So they're they're talking about like, oh. yeah, I don't really remember this, but they'll they'll really, you know, it's an hour, it's like an hour's podcast, and they may bring on somebody who guest starred on that episode with them, and and, and a lot of it is, boy, I really don't remember anything about this one because it's you know it's yeah. twenty years removed. Um, so interesting, good for him, yeah. But that that is really that is his career, and I believe he he is originally from North Carolina. I think he lives back there now. So he, but he he's on the other side of the camera has been for many, many years. So good for him getting some kind of high profile. I like it. Yeah,
1: Turn Hooch though. Not for me. <laughs> I mean uh, I hear ya. Uh, whatever. Um and then July twenty third, Chippendale Park Life. And if you remember Chippendale, they had that uh cartoon series on Disney afternoons, you know, when we were growing up, Charlie, the rescue rangers, and I enjoyed it oh, yes. so much. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they,
0: they rescued and they ranged.
1: Yeah, 36 seven-minute episodes. These are just shorts, essentially. So, yeah, Uh, uh, how that works, I don't know. But it's good that they're doing – you know, we haven't had a lot of traditional uh, Disney animation on Disney+, and now we're going to get some uh, new stuff, which is good. So, something for everybody. They're filling up the roster of – you know, basically, it seems like there's something big every week or at least every month, which is great. Um, has a lot of value to the service. It's not just reruns of, like, uh, National Geographic shows, which they have, like – slammed stat stuff in here um but at this point we really don't know what's coming in august and that would be right around the time we'd have a gap in the mcu content right so star wars content so we'll see what they do unless they're taking the summer off right oh but
0: yes money never sleeps uh which was actually the sequel to wall street but also really applies to disney
1: very yeah, interesting. It, and what we don't know though is will any movies that are scheduled to be in theaters now end up appearing during the summer because theaters do not open, but we shall one, see one that
0: do, one does not know. I mean, theaters are technically open right now, but it's, it's a little bit here and there. And it's certainly not anything that you, that anybody can bank on globally. So, oh, very weird. So anyway, moving on uh, deadline has confirmed that uh, author and please help me with this dude's name is that Todd, uh, Ty Nesetti Coates. Perfect. N- N- I don't know. Yes, uh, thank you. Close that Good. Okay, you know who we're talking about is mm-hmm. writing a Spider-Man reboot feature for Warner Brothers, which J.J. Abrams is producing under Bad Robot. Um, lo- this news dropped three, four or five days ago. Um, I, you know. Th- Superman is, and again, people are like, oh, I hated, you know. If you think about like the Joker, oh, which version of the Joker is the the best one, whatever it is. And April and I were talking about this because we were watching um, the Dark Knight in the last couple of days because we were just kind of skimming through, and I said, you know, I mean, I'm very attached to Jack Nicholson because I was a kid when that version came out, but you know, we're watching Heath Ledger and his portrayal; it has become legendary. Todd, I know that is. Probably your, one of your very favorite films, The Dark Knight, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Um, so, new interpretations, different ways. Because, again, I mean, a comic book character, especially an iconic one like Superman, Batman, Spider Man, whatever it is, is like Sherlock Holmes. It's something that has been imagined, reimagined, in this way, you know, it's in the last 80 years. But with Sherlock Holmes, it's been the last 200 years or whatever it is. And 200 years from now, they could still be reimagining Batman, Superman, whatever it is. So, new and different takes on this kind of stuff, I think, is very exciting
1: yeah so, yeah uh, yeah he is very famous he's he's a really esteemed journalist that's where he had to start Charlie. He wrote for the village voice uh new york times magazine washington post uh time magazine so and he's wrote several very successful nonfiction books that were very focused on on um equality uh, the black story um and you know that makes him very interesting but he is known uh for marvel he did a long run on a lot of marvel books including black panther and some Mm -hmm. other others so he's familiar he's wrote a bunch of comics so he's not exactly like you know took off the shelf from from being you know just we just need a we just need a name nope he's he knows how you mean like it's not it's it's not like
0: it's not like Richard Lester coming in to do the mop-up work oh. on Superman Two
1: and making it just absolutely ridiculous. No, no, no. So, um, yeah. So I think this is a in, this is a, you know a great writer. We always say you know the most important thing about um, you know any type of story is it, or, or film or anything is the story and how well right. it's written because. You know, Lucas made it work with a bad script um, in several movies, but the actors tried to overcome it as much as they could. But the it was the spectacle was bigger than anything. So, right, um, but We saw, and we've seen horrible, you know, stories that didn't make any sense. Stories that are four hours long. So, having a script that is really tight and and well done. You know, it could be awesome. I don't know if he's ever scripted anything cinematically or for television. And obviously, then you take somebody who writes a story, and then you have the scriptwriter, right, or the screenwriter right. that basically makes yes, it come Yeah,
0: yes. yeah, Screenwriter, screenplay, exactly. So yeah, you have you have you know layers. So you just don't have one guy. You, it's the opposite of kind of what Lucas did. Lucas, Lucas did doing the prequels, which is just it's my vision, and everybody's a yes man, and we're all everybody's kissing his butt. So yeah, you get layers, and you get a writer's room doesn't doesn't really feel like there was much of a writer's room on those prequels
1: <laughs> not so much it was kind of like uh what does he want us to write okay let's do it uh we're done <laughs> they yeah. had basically they had five months to write it they were done in an afternoon
0: <laughs> yeah exactly hmm, well what about the uh the power of myth and blah 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 and this this and that
1: okay the wills <laughs> yes that's right about the wills no we don't uh but yeah as so, and then we've got basically other people attached to JJ Abrams. Like you said, uh, he's assigned. And I will say this about JJ Abrams. Uh, regardless of how you felt about um, uh, The Rise of Skywalker, uh, I really enjoyed The Force Awakens. I think he was basically given a bag of crap with the last Star, Star Wars film that he had to bring this thing to, to, you know, to land this thing with so many dangling threads that I feel bad for him. But, I mean, I've, I, liked, no, I I've liked almost everything he's done. Um, Yeah, Lens Flare, the weird, you know, secret <laughs> yeah. box he talks about. Um, Lens Flare. <laughs> but that's pretty exciting he typically hires good people to direct do all these other things you know and he's behind us and i think he's always wanted to do a superman film so that gives me um some some promise for this and people would say oh i'm tired of superman like you said charlie as well oh my god haven't we got so much super superman well, i'm like spider-man got rebooted three times in how many years and they finally got it right they, um yeah, i don't
0: think the Spider-Man, I mean, it, it was he was re- rebooted within a two-year window from 2014 to 2016, you yeah. know? So, yeah, it was yeah, it was just because they, they felt that they could do a better job of it. And I I say without a doubt, they absolutely did.
1: Yeah, it can work. You just Like I said, you just have, I, I think DC, or DC Warner Brothers is going to be uh, once bitten twice shy. They don't want to go back to the well too soon if it's not a, you know, right. a very strong idea. So uh, hopefully this will work. I mean, there are rumors, Charlie, we're hearing that – Potentially, this could be a black Superman.
0: Right, My, maybe um, Michael B. Jordan. That's at least a Lisa face. That's
1: it it could be. On. There's there's other versions of Superman out there from different earth, uh, Earths, Earths right. in the DC universe that are black, and that could possibly happen. It's just it's so weird with DCU. I don't know how that works with where DCU is DC is headed with all their stories. Henry Cavill, you know, there's so much baggage with him, but Flashpoint could kind of reset the where the DC universe is going. So I don't know, but it would be kind of weird to kind of leave Henry cavill over there and then say hey we're doing this unless they find a compelling way to make that happen but it could be cool right true true i am as always interested to see how stuff evolves so that works for me yes and then the next story is really uh they, there was actually tca that happened last week uh which is basically the television critics academy where they come and they talk to execs who are talking about their television projects And of course, um, this would have been in person previously. This is actually online now, but apparently this event... They don't allow any cameras in, any videotaping. So, and it's kind of always been that way. So there is, you never see any footage of this event. I guess it's kind of like lockdown, hardcore. So Kevin Feige was there talking about the Disney Plus content, ABC content. Uh, he, I'm assume, I'm assuming ABC was there as well, and all the other Disney entities. But he was there, and they were grilling him for any bit of content they could get about the MCU um uh, and, and see what they, they could get. And one of the interesting things is that I think there's an assumption that a lot of people think all of these Disney Plus MCU shows will get like 85 seasons. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to rethink this because of the movie aspect of it, right? Um right. very because the MCU is so tightly wound and everything is linked that you're not going to get a WandaVision Uh, Unless they find a way to uh, continue the story before what's going to happen in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, because that's where basically the next part of her story is supposed to land. And we don't know when that's happening. So to have a WandaVision season two before it's even wrapped up saying we're going to get that next year, I don't think is reality. So and same thing with the. Uh, falcon and the warrior soldier i don't know if we're going to get a season two of that show anytime soon because i think we're going to see those characters elsewhere in movies and they have to tie all together um now what kevin feige says i've been at marvel for far far too long to say uh in regards to second seasons just definite uh, to say definitely no or yes to anything. He says, we're developing all these shows the way that we're developing our movies. In other words, we're old words, when we start with a movie, we hope there's a part two. We hope there's a part three. But we aren't factoring that into part one. We're trying to make something that will hook people enough and that people will enjoy enough that they will want to revisit and want to see the story continue. So that is the way we're proceeding on television as well.
0: Nice, that's good. Yeah, exactly. Because really, even you think about it in comic book parlance, you uh, particularly thinking back, Boy and Vision and the Scarlet Witch is a great example. Um, they had to limited series back in the day. They had, you know, uh volume one was in nineteen eighty three, volume two, I think was in nineteen eighty five. So clearly volume one was successful enough to generate volume two. But they were, you know, it was a contained story. It set the tone for the things that were happening. So yeah, you're right. It can't be like, you know, Days of Our Lives or, you know, or soap opera that's been on for fifty gajillion years. Um, because there's, you know but, you know, they they film five episodes, you know, a week or whatever because they can really crank through things. This takes so much more planning and post-production and and interweaving that having it go on forever and ever and not bleed into something else is, is different. So everything you approach it as a limited series really does make sense. One season of everything, one and done, and then move on to something
1: new. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, and you could say, well, why is Star Wars doing that? Because, it, as of right now, they have no roadmap, and they haven't shared that roadmap, and Star Wars has never said everything goes together. Uh, canon right. has always been hard for Star Wars to a certain extent. It's not always worked out well because it's not always been to the betterment of Star Wars right. in a lot That's of ways. True. Star Trek is canonized in a lot of ways. Very much
0: so, yeah, but, but – they,
1: they found again, way a way yeah. around that sometimes. With yeah, timelines yeah, and things yeah exactly
0: yeah. And, and star wars has been or star trek has been around for you know 55 years and yeah. you know the big break in between and stuff like that and they took a very hard line a long time ago which simply said that you know what is on the screen is what is canon and what is in novels and comics and yada yada is is legends or alt-verse or whatever it is yeah. so anyway
1: yeah. So, so yes. yeah. Well, so if, don't yeah. hold your breath for second seasons of these MCU shows. We're gonna obviously gonna talk about WandaVision in the Geek Z, and we'll probably make some predictions about what we think is gonna happen at the finale. But uh, folks, I don't predict a season two anytime soon. Take that to the bank. No. Uh, yeah. T- exactly. Take it to
0: har- take it to heart, baby. Take it to heart. All right. So back to me looking at uh some star wars because we were teasing with star wars so if you remember the live action adaptation of aladdin which was in 28 God, you know what we were just having this conversation with it was with, the yeah. last year of the summer movie wager, I yeah, think. yeah it was yeah it was you know I, I just can't even conceptualize what the hell time even means anymore so that was in 2018 or whatever it is so the young man uh named as mina masoud uh who was the star of that film he was I was gonna say he was he was he was Ezra Bridger in that movie because the role is you know I think about the very first uh, episode of Rebels taking place you know in a square marketplace where you have Ezra Bridger running around just like what the hell is the name of the character from Aladdin it is it is Aladdin
1: right he he it is is Aladdin, Aladdin right? yes running Prince, around like uh, Prince Aladdin. Ali mighty is he Ali Ababwa. That's not, not his name his name's Aladdin.
0: You say Ababwa.
1: See I say Charlie. Oh boy that
0: was thank you that was that was devastating. <laughs> Uh, but no, that was the gag that my best buddy Louie made at the time. He says, yeah, the Central Bridger cat is just like Aladdin. And now there is uh, some news that the actor is quite high up on the list to be Ezra Bridger portraying him in the upcoming Disney Plus Ahsoka series, which... This is what I put in the headline. I said a little too on the nose because I was thinking about obviously that portrayal from this film. So, there's a movie I saw with my son. Uh, he uh, he c- kind of got ill in the middle of it. My son did, so we left. So I never saw the end of it. But I will tell you that what I did see did not exactly inspire me to want to see it again. Though I certainly could because I, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's on Disney Plus. So, um, yeah, this is uh, a this is a bingo dingo. But the question becomes. Um, the you know uh, Mina is obviously a younger guy. The portrayal of Ezra that we'd be that we would be seeing would doubtlessly be a little bit older than I think this actor is. So I don't necessarily know how they would play that out because again, we the Ahsoka, if it's taking place within that Mandalorian time frame that we saw, is um, ten or fifteen years after the last time we saw Ezra, which when he got catapulted out in the unknown regions with Thrawn and the 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 space whales. So I don't know. But it goes slower in the outer regions with space whales. Right. Uh, they, yes. It slows everything down. Mellow fellow. So, yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, he could certainly bring a lot of spark to it. I can't necessarily think of anybody else that would immediately be a better choice. But that doesn't mean that there isn't somebody out there who who wouldn't be. But I don't know. What do you think?
1: You know, I, I I enjoyed Rebels. I didn't watch all of it, and um, I thought, uh, you know, if you look just if you're just going with a look, yeah, they look similar. I just don't know if he is Ezra. You know, that's one of those things we always say: can he portray that character? Because we already, the character already has a voice. And mm-hmm. he's hit on a journey. Uh, we had Hasoka. Now she is being played by a different person who voiced. So right. honestly, does it even really matter? I don't know. Is looking enough right. like the character just enough? Or do you want the best person to play the role regardless of how they look?
0: Right. But again, when it comes to casting like this, they look for some kind of notoriety. They look for something recognizable, something people will get behind. I don't know. The 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 one thing that can absolutely be guaranteed is that Star Wars fans will bitch about it because they don't like anything. So there you go. <laughs> That's my final and word. I,
1: I bitch about it. I'm not even a huge Star Wars fan.
0: Exactly. It, it is. It's it's an it's an epidemic. You can't. Everybody you gets can't to stop, a bitch. You can't. You can't stop yourself. Exactly. No, so no,
1: no, no. That is it. Five stories. We had a lot of meat on those stories we had this week. So I'll, I'll say thumbs up to Madam Web and her news gathering skill.
0: Good work, Madam Web. All right. So moving on. It is time to go. Where, I don't know where we got to go. I don't know the the, the 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 button is broken on my teleporter. Where are we going next?
1: Oh, Charlie, we're heading over to Geeky Z to have some bad food, but some good times.
2: Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me.
1: We're sitting in the Geeky Z. The cover band is playing well, despite their masks. And we have ordered our libation, and hopefully it is COVID-free. We are going to get our nerd on. Obviously, what we're going to talk about first is WandaVision. So, this episode is number eight. Number nine is uh, the finale. So, uh, finale. I think what we'll do, Charlie, uh, you know, we'll obviously t- hit on some of the big plot points, but um, I think we're going to kind of give our prediction of what will happen. Obviously, we can check in next week to see if we got it right
0: or wrong. Ah. Predictions yes. predictions, predictions make me nervous. But yeah, uh, we kicked this one off episode eight with uh, with the the, ha- the cliffhanger uh, that we had before, which was uh, the fact that it's Agatha, which is now and Tidy did a great job uh, rolling that into our last episode. It was Agatha all along, uh, to the tune of the Munsters, uh, being that she is at least ostensibly the great villain. This episode, this was the flashback episode all across the board. Mm-hmm. Started out with you know back in Salem, Massachusetts, witch time, showing that Agatha, uh, you know, was was a witch, back in those days, she has purple magic, uh, which I guess is, you know... That's, is that that's, the purple that's... stuff that fights Sunny D? Yeah, exactly. Purple stuff for Sunny D, yeah. Well, you can see where that came from. Um, so, yeah, so we found out that, yeah, she annihilated her covenant, including her mother, back in those days, uh, and she has obviously uh, soldiered on since then, um, but it was revealed that she... Uh, came upon uh, the fact that uh, after Endgame, uh, when uh, Wanda went to sword and viewed uh, vision's body it was we were told by director you know director dipshit there that she stole his body and ran off and lies started up fantasy and it was all a lie because she saw his body and then she took off mm-hmm. and she drove to New Jersey in a Buick which, I, I don't know if that could be more cliche. New Jersey Buicks, who cares? Um, but she she went to a piece of property that was owned by Vision that he had bought for her. And in her grief, she just kablamo! She created uh, this big illusion and the hex uh, and all this, and still don't know how she did it. So uh, throughout the throughout this, obviously that part was flashback. But in the present, Agatha uh, starts to walk. Wanda through the fact that, you know, uh, you know how she got her powers, which we understood was from the Mind Stone from Loki's scepter, uh, Was it was not by accident that she survived that. And what does that mean? And, you know, why did the, the bomb that wiped out their apartment when she was a kid, why did that not go off? And why did, and why and why and why? And why uh, come to find out by the end of the episode that Wanda uh, harnesses a very specific type of magic known as... Chaos magic making her the Scarlet Witch. Yes. Kinda, kinda crazy. Um, so yeah, that um yeah, we're finding out obviously that Tyler Hayward, director of sword, is the ultimate uh, external bad guy. Uh Agatha appears to be pulling the strings, um, but I mean there's just been there's just been so much talk. Is she the ultimate villain? Are we gonna see something else in this final episode? Is Mephisto the devil really pulling her strings? How did Wanda do all of this? Wanda doesn't know how she did this. She doesn't have control of it. Uh is it just because she controls Chaos Magic that it's it's out of her control? I mean, there's just a lot uh to be tagged. Uh, and speaking of tags, it has been identified that this episode will be, though not by uh a whole lot longer. This finale will be 50 minutes where this past episode was 47 minutes, which obviously just means three more minutes of credits. Buckle up, it's going to be exciting.
1: Yeah, I mean obviously the, the 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 stinger at the end was revealed to be uh White Vision which right. uh, and it's powered by the Chaos Magic from the drone that was right. kicked out, right? Or was that the missile that was kicked back? I can't remember. No, One of the... that,
0: was, that, that was the drone. That, no, okay. that
1: wasn't. No, you know what?
0: No, that was it was the missile that was in a drone.
1: So we're both right. Gotcha. So they used that power to uh, basically uh, power the White Vision. The White Vision is without any of Vision's soul. Um, right. Right. And, no so, no yeah. Soul Stone, but if you trace it back, Wanda's power came from the
0: Soul Stone. Wanda's mm-hmm. power went into the drone. The drone went into Vision. Therefore,
1: Vision... Is powered by the Soul Stone again, potentially because and to say that because because Wanda basically recreated Vision, and as you watched it as she recreated it, Charlie you saw the red magic, but you saw yellow magic or yellow basically the Time Stone element no, go no, no, in, no, and soul, make soul Vision.
0: No, soul, soul, soul sorry,
1: soulstone. but yep. I think Time Stone. Uh, but Soul Stone go into Vision. That might have been it. She might have released all of that power there because you, you obviously you see that what is the, the the soul stone is is yellow um and then what you see with her power is red it obviously enhanced hers but i don't know if it was completely blended we don't know um you saw that uh potentially the beginning of her ability to change what you could see in screens first time we saw it was when basically the soul stone uh basically give her abilities or enhance her latent abilities and that's when we first saw the first appearance of the i guess traditional sokovian <laughs> scarlet witch because you right. saw like the outline how it looked kind of like similar to a costume she wore in in the comics so we have right, that right. um and then we you know ultimately agatha uh, i i i don't know how she just showed up right is she the one did did um the, the so i'm thinking right now and then just kind of babbling but um so Endgame is the last time we really saw Wanda and Vision have moments, and you know right before the dad they were arguing about oh what are we doing and blah 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 should we be together. So no point did I feel like I mean and he obviously bought the property in advance hoping that would happen, but how did she find the deed? I mean, was that Agatha right. nudging her or was it something there? Um, so because that where she stands on the house underneath the house is said which layer. Well, no, that was that was underneath Agatha's house, not her house. Oh, Agatha's house. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm just thinking, how did she end up there? She was not a resident, I assume.
0: No, uh, I mean she, uh, she had yeah. she had no reason to um
1: to be there at all. So yeah, you're right. How, so, so how she did, saw how was or, that chosen? Or she saw, you know, the the I think that's what she said. I was drawn by what I saw and she came through she was obviously able to come through the chaos magic unaffected. Uh-huh. And she must have joined the fun, just you know, right. to see what's going on, get a lay of the land. We we don't know. Agatha has talked about her husband, but we've never seen her husband, right? Right. He he must be Mephisto. That's what it is. It
0: could be. That's right. Yeah. Ralph. Ralph. Yeah. Is Ralph spelled backwards? Mephisto? No, that doesn't
1: work. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we will find out. Yeah, because in the comics, Agatha's not a bad lady no not at all that's so bizarre about it so yeah i uh i I couldn't be more excited this is it's going to be crazy yeah but you know marvel has not had a problem you know changing our opinions on something because you know the scrolls were typically bad in the comics and you know captain marvel made him at least the those scrolls good so right. it could be the flim flam but man charlie we've got like you know what 40, 40 50 minutes as you said to wrap right. up all these details right where will this land white vision versus probably normal vision right. uh you know we've and, got and, the outside and wh-
0: forces and will they simply somehow be integrated together so will the will the chaos magic regular vision become the white vision and then there's then the vision is, is alive again
1: like, will he yeah. give
0: you back into his own body? Don't know. I think that would yeah, be pretty cool.
1: Because this vision is all, you know, Soulstone. That's, yeah. that's all that's all holding together anymore. So he is that entity, and, and I guess we'll see. Um, And they said she can transmogrify, which means, you know, change the elements of reality, which is kind of cool. Um, right. But, yeah, I mean, I, I am curious to see where this will all land because – I don't necessarily think this is going to get wrapped up in a nice bow because right, this true. will most likely open up the elements we're going to see in Doctor Strange and the, the multiverse of madness so so you yeah, exactly. think it's going to be mephisto is going to be revealed well, as ralph I mean you
0: know that certainly tees itself up to be a possibility simply because you know is, is it uh, you know is all are, is all of this beyond the capacity of either one of those witches you know to create this this completely separate reality is that, is that too much chaos magic? So I don't know. I don't know. I am happy to sit back and stay kind of stay buckled in for the ride that, that comes in between. So, yeah, I have one more question.
1: I have one more question. Okay. Okay. So the last Marvel movie we got that was at the farthest end of what's happened is far from home, right? Correct. That's after the blink brought everybody back, right? This is happening. This is the blip. So, so I guess my question is, somebody was saying J. Jonah Jameson might be part of an outlet of the Multiverse man. Madness, basically what she does, because that could have happened. So he could be part of that. But once again, Spider-Man is around post this, uh-huh. what's going on with WandaVision. So I'll be curious to see that no one mentioned this, you know, so it right. just go magically away or something, because, yeah, yeah okay. Spider-Man was okay. not around. Yeah. And he is an Avenger, so it's very weird. So I, right. I it would be kind of cool if we do see an Avenger show up. Uh, one of the funny motes was that uh, that our, uh, our our favorite Vision uh, had basically said in in advance saying, Oh, um I worked with this great actor, it's been awesome, I've always wanted to work oh, with him. Oh yeah.
0: Exactly. You know,
1: the funny part is it's like, Oh yeah, so you're saying you enjoyed working with yourself? Right. I'm so. i uh, Tad, just like you, he's his own biggest fan obviously there and Charlie so you watched um the new uh CW shows Ren Yes, I did too
0: that is that is a stretch for me I've kind of uh been off of CW shows for an awfully long time but I've had uh, I've had kind of a burgeoning interest in DC Comics lately because Todd I don't know if Todd Figure this out, if he planned this, but he's got me playing, he tipped me off to the the Lego DC superheroes, or supervillains, which I've almost beaten, the Lego game. Uh, So that's got me thinking about uh, DC Comics a lot, which is kind of something we're going to talk about here in the Thunderdome. So yeah, this was a new show, It spun off of, and that's just the thing I'm trying to figure out, It's, it's sort of spun off of Tyler Hockner, who is Superman from uh super that, that mm-hmm. show that the, yep. the most annoying show that's been on for five or six years whatever it is um and then the the the, the gal who plays lois in that as well um but th- this takes an angle of and i almost think this is this is a different sh- uh shard of that because it seems like this is a totally different earth uh it's it's flashing forward to the fact that superman and lois uh do get married and miraculously don't age over 15 years because they have they have twin sons uh, and then what happens is, you know, in the, uh, in, kind of drawn from Smallville, you have your, you know, corporate evil villain, instead of Lionel Luther, we have Morgan Edge who was actually Rutger Hauer in Smallville. So it's not, it's not an unknown character. Uh, we don't see him in this first episode, but he buys a daily Planet, and he downsizes. Clark loses his job. And then Martha Kent, uh, you know, Clark's mother passes away, uh, they end up back at the farm. Uh, the boys are, are teenagers, you know, starting their uh, their freshman year in high school. Lana Lang is married to the local fire chief, I think, and, and has a, a daughter who's the same age as these kids. So you're kind of teeing it up to be a superhero, uh, you know, teen Riverdale kind of drama thing happening a la like Smallville. But it's not quite as hokey the way Smallville was. And you don't have Chloe from the, the sex cult in that. I don't know if they're bringing her back. <laughs> Nope. But uh, no, that that's okay. Um, but I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. We did have a, a supervillain slug out. We had a, an unknown character, which is kind of tipped off at the end to potentially be someone of the Luke, Luther Lex Luther legacy. Uh, who But also mentions that he's from a faraway planet. So I, I don't know. I think this is kind of teeing up to be something kind of cool. So I enjoyed it. Um, and obviously you're able to watch it. If you're a, a cord cutter like Todd and I are, you're able to watch it on the CW app on the following day. This one actually came out on my birthday, which is kind of fun. Uh, so kind of a little next day birthday treat for me. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. You know, being on uh, someone who enjoys uh, Superman at certain levels and Superman is, a, you know, a cosplay that I started doing not that long ago. And I've admired him back since the Christopher
1: Reeve days. I enjoyed this very much yeah I, I enjoyed it too i thought it was good um it doesn't feel like it's exactly doing the same thing as most cw shows do which is good um there's no like tech guy there's no goofy stuff going like the background we've got right. adults with children um and that was a part of the crisis spinoff charlie uh right basically because of the things that happened in the world he basically was surprised that he had children so that mm-hmm. kind of came in there so it wasn't like 15 years later it was just like that occurred because of that way the the crisis happened um he oh, is on the same and so that was a part of he was always part of the supergirl world which is now merged with um the rest of the Arrowverse characters right, i don't right. know if they are or not and john cryer was lex luthor right Le- right i think he died Uh, You know what?
0: I I am absolutely going to go back and watch that because it's available on the CW app, but it's also available as
1: one big movie. You can buy it on Vudu for like seven bucks or something. And they go to Netflix uh, when the season ends, too. It's there as well. uh, If you want to watch it there without ads. So, yeah, I will. uh, I think I
0: will go back and and check it out because I'm. But yeah, yeah. I think I will definitely continue to watch the show because I think it's pretty cool. I like it. So then if it airs Tuesdays, then for Wednesday is when it'll be available for us, uh, us users of the CW app. With yes. commercials, but you know what? Been, you bitty of commercials in They're this not modern age is no. So when and when all of us are on our phones or laptops anyway, all you do is mute it and look down. Or go to the bathroom. <laughs> yep. Or go to the bathroom, just like in the old days. So yeah. So that yeah, that's it for me.
1: Cool, cool. Uh, well, uh, I uh have been looking for shows to watch now because I'm doing more time in the treadmill. I finished The Expanse, absolutely great, but now I'm waiting a year for season five to come out. Uh, we're watching uh The Magician season five, kind of wrapping that one up. But I wanted to try something new, and that is His Dark Materials. I believe. We've had other people on the show. I think it, I think it was Elaine who mentioned this one when she was on talking about the show on HBO Max, *His Dark Materials*. Uh, you might remember this uh, as a, something different as a movie called *The Golden Compass*. Uh, that movie had Daniel Craig and uh, Nicole Kidman. Not a very good version of those books. Uh, this is actually a new ad- adaptation in a series format on HBO Max with Lynn manuel Miranda uh, uh, as well, and re- basically retelling that series um, of books in actually a TV series. So I started watching it. Um, I'm on episode one. Really high in values. Really beautiful. It's kind of like an alternate Earth, Charlie. It's set in I would say like 1945 um there's there is but uh, the world's kind of ruled by like almost like a religious uh, sect almost like almost like a uh i guess imagine the vatican ruled the ruled the earth um and so uh but they have an iron fist on a set of beliefs and there are other people that have beliefs but they kind of try to stay under the radar uh because that's not really tolerated there is an organization that's basically a higher level of learning where they're given a pass to Uh, They call it basically a a scholarly uh, exception, which just basically allows them to do research and things like that and not be overpowered by the religious leadership, which is kind of uh, where it lands. But uh, this world also is basically has a a situation. I'm not sure how it's lined up, but basically you have a a demon, a daemon, demon, I guess, that is essentially part of your soul, and it's a form of creature that as you become of age you gain one and they are part of you it's almost like a and they say it's kind of like your part of your soul isn't that creature but they can talk and they do things but um it's really neat um i I really like this i like this mythology it's neat there are dirigibles and uh helicopters but no planes so it's a little bit more of a different take on technology yeah no i mean and they had like and i don't know if there's there's probably phones and things like that but it's yeah it's set in like the 40s so it has kind of a cool look and aesthetic to it um very british as well which i know you love but yeah we have a oh, yes. adventure ahead of us on this show um i have not met Lynn manuel well miranda yet but I'm, I'm i i really like uh james mcavoy is also in this as well i'm liking you. it okay. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good ride, and gives me something to watch on the treadmill, and it's on HBO Max, so more dollars to my value. But I'm going to have to go check into Watchmen again, finish Doom Patrol. So I've got a long list of things I want to watch. Doom Patrol, yeah, that's
0: one that's that's kind of been, ever since we finished watching we went back to Titans, I've been thinking about Doom Patrol. That's just the the two seasons, is it?
1: Two seasons,
0: yep. And they're and like we 10 watched, episodes and we watched the, and we watched the first one. And of course when you watch a recap of any kind, it's not too hard to really get reinvent. It's not like we had to go back and watch Titans again, but I mean with that season two was was for sure better than season one, as it is really with almost any show. Once they get things rolling. So that's cool.
1: I like it. Good yeah, and something something else that got me excited. I saw this trailer called Shadow and Bone. Uh it's based on a series of books. And I'm not sure if you will like this one at all. That's why I didn't make you watch it, but um, it's it's it really got me excited because this this looks like it's uh, once again, an alternate history fantasy type story that looks like it's set around. Call it late uh, 19th century, early 20th century. Uh, There's rifles and it looks like it takes place in a world of almost like there's a uh, almost a Russian Russian, emp- Russian Empire, the way people looked. And it's all about this dark force that essentially is taking over the world. And from what I'm seeing is it looks like there's this group of people have the ability to wield light, and they can combat the darkness. Um, but it, it, it's the way it was told, the way it looks, it's very stylistic, uh, very much – uh might be a steampunk element to it um but it really looks really well done it's coming to netflix in april i'm curious to see how well it's done but i mean there's so much that comes to netflix some of it is good some of it's passable um i'm curious to see what the reviews are for this but at least from the trailer i would really uh hope it's going to be good and like i said it's based on a series of books that are well loved so the fan base is probably going to hope that this is decent and i hope it is too
0: a series of books that is well loved and not well reviled, which yes. doesn't even, which doesn't even make any sense. Sure, but th- but th- but that's why I said it.
1: It's like our relationship, it, Charlie. Well it's, reviled.
0: It, well reviled. exactly. There's a hate, it, it's hateful respect.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So check that out on Netflix coming um, about a month and a half. All right. Well, that is it for the Geeky Z Charlie. They're kicking us out, but you know. Oh, we- we got places to go, people to see, and Damn right. we got some mutants that miss us. We're going to visit them in the Thunderdome. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Yeah! Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained, and this week... The topic. We've been getting into these comics lately, which has been a lot of fun. We're going to continue to do so. I don't know if we'll do it every week, but I think it's really fun. We have all these uh, ability to read all these cool comics and lots of great stories. So I think we're going to look at more iconic uh, stories that are out there, especially as we've got, like um, I said, Invincibles coming on, on mm-hmm, Amazon in a month. So I think we'll read that as well to get ready for this. So we'll probably watch read some more stories uh, as well through Comicsology, Marvel Unlimited, and DC Universe Infinite. But with that, we talked about reading this one and checking it a while ago, and that is Superman Red Son. In conjunction with that, we also watched the animated movie as well that is on HBO Max. So I'll give the premise of the series and how it was created, and we'll go from there. Superman Red Son is is a 3-issue prestige format comic book miniseries published by DC Comics that was released under the Elseworlds imprint in, in 2003. Author Mark Millar and artist Steve Johnson created the comic with the premise what if Superman had been raised in the Soviet Union? Received critical acclaim and was nominated for the 2004 Eisner Award for Best Limited Series. The animated movie came out in February 20, 20 February 25th, 2020, starring Jason Isaacs, Amy Acker, Diedrich Bader, Paul Williams, roger craig smith and vanessa marshall uh and just a fun fact uh there's actually an episode of justice league action which was a fun little animated series which did the same thing they did a take on it called keeping up with the kryptonians where mr mr and to cosnia where he becomes a variation of red sun superman and there's a couple other pieces that we'll go in later that we found in wikipedia basically adapting this story as well and as we talked about the court of owls you know, kind of one of those big stories to Batman. This is one of the most, I would say, well-revered Superman stories in quite some time as well. So Charlie, we both read it. So, um, you know, I don't want to go too deep into this, but I mean, the, the, both the, the the comic and the movie are different enough that I think both are well checking out. But, um, the, the book itself, um, I remember when I read it the first time, I'm like, This is really in a really different take than I expected uh, with basically Superman, uh, you know, obviously raised in the Soviet Union. Uh, He makes some hard choices, essentially, in a way very much idealistic just like you know truth justice in the american it uh, to justice in the american way same thing here where he's more along the lines of the purity of the soviet union and what it means for the people so in that way superman is idealistic but just on two ends of the perspective uh, right of no, the I,
0: no i, I... I agree, and, and I'll start off by saying Elseworlds is kind of my preferred way to approach DC Comics, being as someone you know, I was I was ten years old when I started reading superhero comics. It was it was always it was always Marvel. I mean, a Superman comic here, maybe a, a Batman comic here, possibly, but I was dyed in the wall. I was uh, stuff I still read today: Spider Man, Captain America, Avengers, Fantastic Four, what have you. Um, so when you look at the fact that You know, action comics kicked off the D.C. era in 1938, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is that you were coming up on a century of, of stories. Uh, from DC Comics, that's hard even 25 years ago to, to wrap your head around. So when you have these Elseworlds tales where you take something that's very pivotal and you could say, okay, well Superman, uh, you know, rocketed from Krypton and he landed in Kansas and therefore he was raised, you know, uh, in the red, white, and blue and raised as an American. So, you know, when I when I heard of the concept of this many years ago and I never read it until recently, I thought, oh, is that an ugly tale? I mean, he, he lands in the Soviet Union instead. Is he just this? Is he like Stalin? Is he Mon- yeah. Is he this monster? Does he just go across the world just destroying everything because he's uh, monsterific? And and that uh, that is really reflective of you know our own view of the Soviet Union, thinking oh they're all bad. They they're not necessarily all bad. They they have their ideals the same way we have our ideals, but. This story, I think, and in both versions of it, which are are thankfully incredibly different, um, because, again, the movie is 90 minutes, or a lot of these DC animated films are like just over an hour. It's like an hour and 10 minutes or something like that, so it's even shorter than really a feature-length film, which would be 90 minutes, um, really tend to explore... Um, that the goodness that that is within Superman, whether he is an American air quotes or he is a Soviet air quotes, is really within him, and it, it's it's more nature versus nurture, you know. So in this film, you know, he was raised on a on a Soviet collective farm, just like actually the way the Colossus from the X Men was, because that was his background. He was raised mm-hmm. in one of the one of these Soviet farms, and you know, in the movie, it obviously it, it wends itself very differently. He rises to power in a certain fashion. In the comic, there there are other B characters and things like that. But, um, yeah, I was enamored by this. And I love – I lament the fact that, that my favorite Elseworlds tale, which is Superman, Batman Generations, went out of print. It's coming back into print in this enormous, totally unmanageable omnibus for $75 <laughs> that's supposed to come out uh, subsequently. But I'm looking – Don't give me that bullshit. Give me a digital edition that I can read. So I would have to imagine that would be inevitable, don't you think, if they're going to put it out in print?
1: I think so. And obviously the objective of both Marvel and and DC when they do the digital editions is focus on current and then dig back into the archives where they can. I don't know if their focus is on like more of one shots or filling out the individual issues. Maybe they're harder to get. And, you know, it's really hard to know how good were they about keeping you know originals and things like that the process to actually digitize them i don't know i mean somebody probably spilled some you know coffee on some of those you know old issues so right. uh take some time to clean them up charlie you know you got to yeah, get there yeah do
0: it yeah do it you can do it you can do yeah. it um, yeah but yeah i uh, i i really relate really, again this digital film came out a year or so ago uh, and, and I think, you know, kind of the focus on it maybe has something to do with the fact that why with this current um, in the collectibles world, the uh, McFarland DC Universe line, which is really popular right now, uh, had a red has a Red Sun Superman action figure, which I picked up a couple of weeks ago. Great figure. You know, it portrays uh, it portrays Superman for the first part of the story when his, his outfit wasn't quite so fancy. It was just kind of. But yeah, with the, instead of the House of L, he's got the uh, hammer and sickle that are very uh, endemic of the Soviet Union. Um, But yeah, great story. And again, I loved how, and again, a prestige format, they were like 85 pages each, three issues. So there's just an absolute ton of story. And you could see why, obviously, really only core elements of it found its way over to the movie. Um, But it was so much more detailed than that comic. And the twist at the end
1: blew my mind. Never thought that that would be a possibility. Yeah. And it, it really to your point you know we talked about you know being raised as part of the soviet you know body i mean essentially like stalin was like his father in in certain ways because he was taken at a young age uh basically had to go there to be versus like in the us we didn't have you know the president take him under his wing and he became like the president's ward it was kind of a different viewpoint so yeah it was a little bit different um and and the the roles of like Lex Luthor kind of put on its ear in a way uh Jimmy Olsen uh the relationship with Lois Lane how they introduced both uh you know Wonder Woman Diana which was kind of an interesting take as well and also then the Green Lanterns which I don't want to give anything away but um Charlie I think if you like this I think another book you'll have to read is um New Frontier Um, okay it's it's really a fantastic. once again, it's prestige format, shorter, you know, it's like not many issues, but it's very much telling a compelling story about kind of a, a different viewpoint of the DC universe. It is in Worlds, but it's a different take on that. It's not such a more like the tw- like the M. Night Shyamalan twist, um, right. which is kind of nice, but it is a it is revered as one of the you know it's a it's a it's a fantastic uh, story. It's also there's also an animated version of that as well, which is kind of cool. And the art style is really neat. It's kind of like a very classic uh, DC look from like the call it like the you know the the 50s 60s kind of era which is kind of fun um i love how uh dc in their animated movies they take on as much as possible the look of the source material they're working with because in other ways they could just use one style that could work for everything like everything could look like batman the animated series they mm-hmm. chose to try to as much as possible make it look like the series is based on the animation so it has its own feel and look and it kind of maintains that because it's kind of like respecting the artist who created this in this instance Dave Johnson I felt they did a great job in the animated movie kind of mirroring that which was awesome um it was interesting their choice of the voice actor though uh for Lex Luthor was Diedrich Bader who played Batman before right I love yeah, which I just kind it. of an interesting I love it. take yeah
0: yeah, I, yes. love that ro- I love that rotating talent. Yeah, we had some other big names. You have very venerable, obviously, Jason Isaacs as Superman. Uh, Amy Acker, uh, Dietrich Bader, like you said. Pa- Paul Williams, I'm not picturing Paul Williams. Paul
1: Williams, he's that old guy who um, – Paul Williams is like a musician, but he also does a lot of – he was on The Muppet Show back in the day. He's a very short, blonde guy. I believe he was in Cannonball Run, Charlie. Kind of a character, but um, okay. he does a lot gotcha. of voice acting as well. Uh, but yeah, look him up. Paul Williams, he's a very interesting guy, and he just – kind of an oddity if you think about a guy a very short guy like i think he's under five foot tall but was a you know musician composed some things and yeah he keeps on popping up so very weird but yeah i mean great interesting talent um it's there on this is on hbo max so watch it there uh, if you can it's really fun uh, like i said i don't want to spoil too much but the the movie the movie and the comic are different enough there's something to get from both but if you really want the deep dive read the comic it's really a blast totally, yeah, absolutely. yeah 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 yeah, so one thing I just want to say, some other areas where they adapted this series, or at least focused on, uh, in the third season of Superboy, the TV series in 1990-1991, there was an episode called Roads Not Taken Part 2, which predated, obviously, this story, which apparently Superboy jumps through a portal to escape, and it basically was raised to be the sovereign of a and dictator of a foreign country. So that's the Superboy tv show which is horrible which i watched on the dc universe app don't ever watch that show but um also in the fourth season of supergirl apparently i didn't know this happened supergirl is exposed to black kryptonite which creates a clone of her her clone ends up in siberia and is secretly trained by the soviet military under the code name snowbird interesting Ooh,
0: snowbird dun, dun dun yeah so there so you cool. go yeah. yeah, and I would say, you know, I, I love doing these, um, these, these recaps like this, and let's um, let's definitely still keep them spoiler free, because I would love to uh, have this generate some interest, and
1: then have people hit us up on on socials and let us know kind of what they're thinking about it. Absolutely. Oh, one last thing. There's actually a motion comic series released in two, July 20, 2009. It was a basically it was a motion comic. Which you've ever seen any of those as well, but you can find that apparently on DVD. Uh, motion comics, Charlie. That DVD
0: sure. weren't there? weren't, weren't there uh, some of those from the X Men like during oh, the uh, yes, the yes. Josh run, the Astonishing X Men or whatever it was? Motion. Absolutely, motion, motion comics. comics. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like you, you're just not good enough to make a cartoon, but it's so close.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's and it's probably not as bad as the uh, the original Marvel cartoons bake from the 60s. So I'll take a motion comic over that crap.
0: Absolutely correct. Well, that is, if I'm not mistaken, the end of the road. Um, so, yeah, that's the end of our show. Uh, friends, as always, thank you for joining us. We are a an exuberant uh, program in the belt notch of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting community, including, of course, this lovely program, Co-op Mode, which is about video games, Todd and Mark Carabin, the Canardian, Code 47, that's myself, and fellow ship captain, Alex Terry, and the Holocron Chronicles, which is Mark Carabin and myself. Uh, so yeah, you can find us wherever podcasts are found. Recently found out we're actually o- available over on Amazon Prime, which I think is awesome. Uh, and Todd is the dude who puts us up on the YouTube. And again, no video. Nobody really wants to see us. I know I don't want to see you, Todd. When I, when I see you, just briefly, when we start this, that's enough for me. But you know what? Not Not, not everybody has my taste. Maybe people think you're great. I'm not sure. But at any rate, uh, like and subscribe and leave us a review. We do have some fun giveaways for people who give us some love uh, out there. really does help the program out, increases our visibility. So let us know what you're digging about on the podcast service or YouTubery of your choice. We're over on Twitter, at Secret Friends U. Drop us a line. Let us know what you think about the show, something you're enjoying, a question for us, a segment suggestion. We are open to it, and it's, speaking of open, 24/7, 365. Our store over on T Public is open. Purchase for yourself uh, a logoed item, whether it be a T-shirt, hoodie, notebook, wall art, pillow uh, of your favorite Secret Friends Unite uh, program. Uh, proceeds from the store do benefit a charity that I work with, uh, that the wife and I work with here in Michigan, called the uh, League of Enchantment, which does benefit uh kids across the country uh with outreach programs. So that's about it. Once again, friends, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you as always that sharing
1: is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In the truck. Welcome everyone to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode thirty-six. This is called the E3 Amoibros. And I'd like to introduce our special guest this episode, the Geek Guru himself. Body balls.
2: What is up, fellas? How you guys doing tonight? Chilling. Thank you for having me. Let me start off with that. I, I, I really, uh, I feel honored that you guys invited me to come on this week and, and discuss some stuff. So I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, you and got Bobby, it, man.
1: Give us a little bit of your geek background. For the, for
2: um, this. I mean, I started comic books when I was like 13, 14 years old. The first comic book I ever read was uh, Batman Year One by Frank Ooh. Miller, um, and then quickly after that went to The Dark Knight. Um, my dad bought it for me. It's funny. I did a video with my dad, and I said to him, I said, if you knew what was in that book, I don't think you would have bought it for a 13-year-old boy. <laughs> I, think, I think he would have been a little a little lenient on that one. It's um, a little blue. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little – yeah. Um, but – that was when i you know i fell in love with batman um i used to draw when i was in high school um and then i stopped reading comics for a while i mean i played video games and stuff when i was also around the same age um i stopped reading comics when i was about 20 uh, maybe a little bit later than that um just kind of like thought i was too cool for it um and then started collecting statues. Um, I think you guys saw my collection a few weeks ago. I posted it on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. and that basically when the new 52 hit that brought me back. Um, just because Snyder and Capullo, the work they were doing on Batman just blew me away. And, um, I figured if I was going to come back, cause it did kind of get a little muddy. It was hard to just dive back in and start reading again. Um, after taking so many years off. So, The New 52 was perfect for me because I was able to come back in, start reading again fresh. Um, Basically, though, what I do is I have a pull at my comic book shop and then I go and I pick up. But I don't typically... I binge read. So I'll wait till I kind of get, like, a series together. Um, Like, I read all the Court of Owls and then I read all of the, uh, you know, death, Death of the Family and then Zero Year. Like, that's the way I broke it down and was reading it rather than Rather than reading an issue and forgetting what the heck happened the, the next week or the next month, so um, yeah, so I I, I, I run it.
0: I run into a lot of that myself, and it's funny you mentioned that breakdowns in that particular series because that's how I followed it in the trades because I picked it up late. It was mm-hmm. only that it was only that last leg that I got at every issue, and it's it, it was less coherent that way. So yeah. I kind of kind of agree with what you're saying.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's basically me in a nutshell, Like, and now I'm back to reading comics and I'm playing video games all the time and just enjoying it, just having fun with it.